whenever you do that now, like this is also like a job for me. This is a way to make money. Yeah. And now there's an image attached to it. And now not only is there an image attached to it, but I have to make sure that that's a positive image. You're listening to the Find the Story podcast, where we seek to build connection and community through empathy and vulnerability found in telling our personal stories. In this episode, I get to talk to my friend Aaron Williams, who's done a lot of fun things in life and at this point is trying to figure out what's next. So let's listen in as we try to find the story. Um, so I grew up about an hour south of here, south okay. down in Festus. Festus, right on. Yeah. Um, that's just Crystal City. Yeah. General area. Yep. <laughs> Other people know different Twin Cities, but that's what we know is <laughs> the Twin Cities. Twin yep. Cities. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. I grew up down there. Um, parents were, well, mom was Catholic. Dad was raised Jehovah's Witness, but like. Fascinating combination. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, mom was Catholic because she converted for her first marriage. Oh, and, gotcha. That makes sense. But okay. just like stuck with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Where did you come along in this then? Siblings? Um, I'm the last of six. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Brothers, sisters. Uh, three boys, two girls. Okay. Um, the two oldest are from my mom's first marriage. Yes. And then the middle is from my dad's previous marriage. Okay. And then as and and then three together. brother and sister, we're the ones when they got it right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. All right. So age differences between you and. Oof. Um, so I was an oops. Okay. <laughs> and, yep. and I knew I was an oops before it was ever like actually confirmed. Okay. Because like you don't have five kids and then five years later you're like, okay, one more. Yeah. No. And then I was also always told that if I was first, it would have been last. So, okay. It's difficult. But the, yeah. Yeah. There's um, five years between me and my sister. And then there is 16 years between me and the oldest. Right on. Well, through a couple of different marriages and stuff, I can see how and, that might show up. Um, when my mother told her that she was pregnant, her response, like basically just kind of set up our entire relationship. Excellent. Us. Excellent. It, it was, what am I supposed to tell my friends? Of course. Yeah. That's a healthy reaction for sure. But then she got pregnant when she was 18. Your um, oldest, your yes. oldest sister did. And, okay. And um, still went to law school. So right on. Kudos to her for yeah. that. Um, but yes, my oldest niece, I am two years older than. Yeah. That's she fascinating. She's more like my little sister. Yep. Yeah. We went okay. to the same high school. <laughs> what did that, uh, what did that family dynamic then looking, uh, looking, look like as you were growing up and they lived in Florida for most of my life. They being my sister okay. and my niece and everything. And then yep. and she went through a divorce. So she moved back home. And so when she moved back home, then my niece went to school with me. And so, Oh, it was nice. Just, yeah. Like I said, it was like having a little sister. How about growing up with your parents and things being Catholic and Jehovah's witnesses. And then just, uh, just family life in general. What did young Aaron look like? Um, he was just outside playing in the dirt. Okay. <laughs> Typical childhood then. Yeah. So tell us about Aaron now then, and then we'll connect the dots between the two. Who is Aaron right now? Oh, he's definitely on a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right now, I'm just really like, like I said, trying to figure out who I am and like what I want to do and what difference I want to make. Okay. Let's start with who I am. What's kind of, what are the elements of it right now that you're figuring out? Like five words right off the bat. What first comes to mind about who is Aaron? Well, I don't know. It just feels like, so I'm 30 now. Okay. For, for, I'm such a Midwesterner. Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) For a 30 year old. um, 
I've done a lot in my lifetime. Yep. Yep. Um, some might say too much. Fair. But um, I get the same. Yeah. And, you know, I would say, but in the last decade of my life, like I have really, really done a lot and I have run the gamut and seen and done a multitude. And now I just kind of want to zero in on something. Okay. So we're talking a lot about what you do, right? So you've done a lot. And so that obviously creates the identity for who Aaron is, right? right? So let's, let's start there then. What are, what are some of those things? What are some of the stories you can tell about things you've done? Oh gosh. Um, from being on America's Got Talent with... Hold on. What? <laughs> you were on America's Got Talent? Yeah, with like, the Gateway Men's Chorus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. We sang and, um, yeah, we were in, we, they took us to Chicago for it. Yeah. And I was expecting, I didn't expect Gateway Men's Chorus, but I do remember seeing that. Yeah. I was expecting like... Me Aaron, myself, the, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. No, you that surprised was me there. Me. That was, I was yeah, yeah. Okay, right on. on. Um, so chorus singing is a thing. We how, how did we meet? This is a fun story too we of being. Yeah, we've done two together now, which two. is exciting. We've done one of them was made like a dream show. The other one, I can't stand that musical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which is which? Dream show was anything goes. Anything goes, of course. Yeah. And then some Music Man. You can't stand Music Man. Oh, no. How did you end up in Music Man then? I love. I love to hate Golden Age musicals. Okay. You can sell me with a really good dance. Yeah. And to yeah, me, yeah, Music yeah. Man, there's not great dance. Yeah, there's not. It's not a big dance heavy show. Though anything goes. Oh yeah. I really, really like knowing how we got to today, and you can't know that without knowing where you've been. Mm-hmm. And so these are, you know standard american musical theater classics yes and so so theater singing what else um (laughs) well when i was 28 i quit life and joined the circus okay so that was fun what part is clown juggling um no i joined the crew on the circus okay we literally built so this is an actual you joined the circus okay we literally we built the circus from the ground up nice and we were parts of acts running things that performers needed in and out. The aerialists that were in the air, we pulled them to make. Which is something you were learning and now teaching yeah. too, right? So Aaron, the aerialist. Yeah. That's a fun alliteration. <laughs> so tell me more about, because that's something that fascinates me too. Are you doing silks and who, like what part of um, aerialists? I don't like silks. You don't? I, okay. I don't think I could ever, I don't have the strength to, to figure that out. It would be an interesting journey. Um, I'm just, I don't trust myself. <laughs> okay and um with silks you have to like wrap yourself and yeah you to, it's almost like not tying yep which i'm no good at that either but um i don't want to be 30 feet in the air and gonna like do a drop and be like did i do this right i watched a friend of mine her daughter how old would i say her daughter is now probably somewhere eight to ten doing silks and did one of the drops and it just it scared me yeah. i didn't want to watch it it was on video. It was okay. I might have covered my eyes. So that's but. why I like doing my Lyra hoop. It's steel. It's solid yep. or a trapeze. Because like when you do drops on those, you have to catch it. Yeah. So okay. Either you're holding on or you're not. Yeah. I'm not like trusting that this little knot's gonna hold me. Fair enough. Um. So what what else is Aaron doing these days? Um. So I just started doing drag. Doing drag. Okay. Tell me more. How this come about? My neighbor, um, before I just, cause I recently moved back home last fall, but before that, my neighbor is a very prominent St. Louis drag queen. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Tabby Cat. Okay. Tabby Cat. Um, and she 
is a state title holder. I'm pretty sure she's a national title holder. Oh, she's going to kill me if I don't know this or not. <laughs> so there are competitions then, I yes, hear. Yes, in- she is a pageant queen because I eventually was one of her backup dancers last summer. Okay. For a pageant down in Louisville. Got it. Because she is the current reigning Missouri Entertainer of the Year. Ooh. And she was competing for National Entertainer of the Year. Yeah. Respect. And okay. we came in fifth. So, so were you in drag as a backup dancer no. or were you? Okay. No. All right. So then how did your drag experience come about? So Tabby cat inter- introduces you to this and pulls yeah, you in. Um, I mean, I'd done drag for like theater things and like Halloween, but never yeah. as like a person out at the bar is like doing a show. And I was like, I'll do it. Like, why not? When was the first show? December. Oh, so just a few months yeah. ago. Wow. Yeah. This is relatively recent. Yeah. And your persona is, it is Miss Stephanie Six Trombones. Which is the, I have to admit, is the most clever name I've ever heard. And Where did to, this come from? Um, I was going to say, I have to shout out to Miss Desiree Decline. Okay. Who is another fabulous queen. So basically, once you like start performing in the bar circuit or do a competition, which in my case, it was kind of both because it's a, like discovery night, but they make it a competition. Okay. And like once you do anything like that the name you have like you're saddled with and so up until literally the night before i did my first show the name that i had like had always kind of used was genetica anomaly and then the other one i had thought of was tara mizzou I mean, I love a good pun. Yeah, these are, um, you're catching me with these. I like um, them. But we were out the night before and Desiree was like, nope, I have it. And she's like, Stephanie Six Trombones. And I, I Which is the it. timing from having just done yeah, Music Man? Music yeah, Man. exactly. Okay, so Stephanie Six Trombones debuts in December. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm curious because I don't obviously know much about the drag world. Is Stephanie Six Trombones just a character? Is it an alter ego? Is it an identity? What is, who is Um, she to you? I mean, she's definitely a character. Okay. (laughs) But, um, is it something you put on and put off or is this like an alter ego? that is really crazy is I've been told I'm way more outgoing as her, which is odd. If you know me, I feel like I'm pretty outgoing as well. Okay. But I, apparently I can also come off as mean, but well, and I, I think I see some of this in the theater world. Anyway, you throw a character on that is a safety net for oh, you. Yeah. Maybe like I can be somebody else. Yeah. And so that's why I, I would assume and all of our theater friends are probably going to get on to me for saying something like this, but there's a lot more introverts in the theater world than one would expect oh, yeah. being on stage performing doesn't seem like a, a role for an introvert, but uh, it so is because you can find safety in the character. Yeah. So, okay. So tell me more about, I'm just curious about the, the world and the environment for a variety of reasons. Um, how does this come about to you? Like, I really want to get into this and understand what's in your head as you approach drag. Um, so it was so funny that I was uh, just talking to my best friend last night about like now having an image mm-hmm. because before this, I, you know, I was kind of nobody, you know, in, in what circle, like, what like, do you mean by nobody? Um, basically in the whole, I would say like gay and queer community. Like okay. I was, you know, not necessarily nobody, but like, right. it wasn't like people didn't recognize me. And now, and I'm not trying to say like, I'm by any standards famous. Sure. But I've done shows. And yeah. so people, yeah, yeah. and like, and I'll sometimes we'll stay in drag and we'll go out to different bars and, you know, okay. and now people recognize me 
as Stephanie Six Trombones, as Aaron, yeah, both? Both. Okay. And so whenever you do that, like now, like this is also like a job for me. Like this is a way to make money. Yeah. And now there's an image attached to it. And now not only is there an image attached to it, but I have to make sure that that's a positive image. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you have like moral and ethics clauses and everything that go along with performing as a character in One would many. Think. Some yeah. people don't treat it. Some people are just their authentic selves and I applaud them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, you have to remember who you are and where you are. Yeah. And that's actually why, because from an outsider's perspective, there's a very narrow perception of drag i mean even really gay and queer community then too and how those two relate obviously um maybe not obviously is it obvious that those two things go together i I don't know because i'm asking dumb dumb but hard probably hard questions i don't know because i mean there is just no simple answer on that yeah it's just not so like black and white yeah it's like it's just it's one of those it depends on who you ask and what time of the day sure okay So then let's let's talk about you, which we are. We're talking about you, which is um, you want to protect who Aaron is then, too, in that conversation as you're out and about and doing those things. What does that mean? Who what what is it about Aaron that you want to protect within that? So that way, like I can just state nobody. Okay, You know, because when I'm Stephanie people recognize it more because they came to the show and that's who, mm-hmm. they, that's who they saw and they left. They didn't stick around that extra 20 minutes to see me come down the stairs when I'm right. all gross and no makeup and a tank top. Fair, yeah. Um, so there is a separation between the character of Stephanie and Aaron. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that that's, I think, the question that I was asking earlier of identity versus alter ego versus character right. is alter ego. There's even a, a deeper connection in that, that it is a part of your personality coming out in that, which I'm sure it which is. Which it is, because she's a Broadway queen. I get to live out every Broadway fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten to be, you know, Sandy in Greece. I've done Moulin Rouge. As and, Stephanie? Yeah. Okay. And Roxy in Chicago. Like, and like, those are things that womp womp, I'll never get to play in real life. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Although some of those um, Broadway miscast type stuff, oh, yeah. those are some pretty entertaining, yeah. entertaining things. And Another one of our mutual acquaintances then, Andrea Robb, has she didn't she do something with her masters on gender bending in theater and stuff like that? I think I think she, you'll have to spend some time with her on that. But shout out to Andrea. Andrea, correct me on that if uh, if you're listening to this. So you're doing drag. And, and as, as Stephanie, this is uh, another part of who Aaron is. What is there anything else you're doing that kind of makes Aaron who? Um, so I got back into teaching Ariel. I don't really do any of like the hoop or anything because like I'm still learning on that. But um, when I was in school for theater, I did a lot of wire flying. So that's what I mainly work on. Oh, okay. So like Peter Pan wire flying and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Teaching them them logistics, giving what's up tough workout program we put uh, i'm certain it is there's a there's a core to oh, that, yeah. that yeah i don't have the but i don't have the core so okay so let's connect some dots then from aaron growing up the youngest of six to aaron now how do you make the choices to get involved in the circus how to get involved in theater like where did the theater bug come from um it's really funny every sibling before me was shoved into every sport okay also piano tap every dance like you know like baton you know interesting everything 
no, not me. Because my siblings effectively just, you know, basically ruined all of my chances at having, like, head start in life. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> because they quit everything art-related and only stayed in sports. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. So, cut to five years after their youngest with me, they said, well, we're not going to waste the money on the art stuff. We're just going to put this one into sports. Okay, how long How long did this last? That, could, that was just the worst. <laughs> I mean... I'm trying to picture you yeah, in any I, sport. I started with T-ball and okay. probably probably like a good six years, like a good six or seven okay. years. Yep. As you can tell, I'm thrilled about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the energy. Thrilled. And then finally just dropped like, no, I can't. Okay. Not anymore. Um, and then basketball was... I can join you on basketball. They, I will say baseball is my jam. That's that's my thing. So but boring. Well... It it depends on the game, but it is a very slow sport. I will give you that. Um, and in basketball, my parents forced me to do basketball camp. Okay. They, I mean, you are nine feet tall as you're sitting across from me here. They say that they did not force me. I'm like, why Why else would I have gone? Yeah, I don't see this being a choice you made. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm in middle school. I mean, you're the one who drove me. Yeah. Were you tall in middle school, too? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've always been tall. I eventually struck a deal with them that they could see how terrible I was at the end of basketball camp and made a deal that it was never again. Okay. So how, how quickly were you, did you dive into arts then? Did they say, okay, sports isn't his thing. I did theater in school, but our school didn't do musicals. Okay. Tell me about school. What was this a public school? Was okay. Festus. Festus. All right. And so they didn't do musicals. No. What, what was the, was there a reason behind this or just? They just didn't like funding. It's okay, just a yeah. small Jefferson County school. Yep. Whereas one of our area high schools, their drama teacher was fired because she would just do musicals illegally. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 There's definitely um, a, uh, a thing there. She did them legally one year and that's what got her in trouble because she was one of the first schools in the nation to do cats when the rights were released okay. for school. And because she was marketing as that, people did digging and realized that when she did it six years prior, that probably wasn't on the up and up. She had done cats prior yeah. and was marketing this version of cats as the first rights hold. Okay. Uh, that's a bold move. Yeah. All right. So you're doing theater, but not musicals and yeah. things. It's just literally a hobby. I like musicals. Okay. You know, mom liked them. Up until then, my plan was to go to Texas A&M and study marine biology. Um, my parents took me to uh, The Lion King at the Fox. That's an easy sell. Yeah. And then I walked away and said, like, I want to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not a hard leap for anybody, yeah. I don't think. If there's even a bug in there at all. Because that is one of my favorite live shows, for sure. As well as on the must-do list when, when we go to Disney World. The Lion King show at Disney World is fantastic. So, which throws in your aerial stuff in there too. Right. The, with the live show there. Okay. So you get the bug for theater. Where did you go to college? Webster. Webster. Yeah. We have talked about this. And you studied theater yeah. at, okay. Musical theater? Yeah. All right. This is the period you're doing like a women's chorus and all those things too, right? Yeah. So let's see. I'm, I skipped over some things in the agenda here because I'm just so fascinated about some of the other stuff about who Aaron is. Have you have you taken any like personality assessments, MBTI, Enneagram, anything like that? Long time ago. Okay. Do you remember any any of it? I think I was an ENFJ. ENFJ. Extroverted. Uh intuition. Feeling and judging. Okay. Me never. <laughs> yeah, well, 
That's so just trying to put the pieces together because they it even like the introvert extrovert thing people get people have the wrong perceptions about a lot because it's not necessarily that I shy away f- as right. an I it's not that I shy away from you know public exposure those types of things it's that that's where my energy comes from right. is that's how when I am it. on stage or whatever it might be your public speaking it takes everything out of me and I have to go recharge for a day and a half. That's how I am. Like okay. I say, like I'm an extroverted introvert. Cause okay. whether it be a show or drag or something like that's a character. And like, you have to like pour everything into that. And then I'm just like, afterwards I'm done. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Your Myers-Briggs showed up as an E, which is yeah. interesting. So it'd be, it'd be, I'd be curious if you took it again, Me too. if it would change it at all. Cause that was probably when I was like 20. Oh yeah. 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 There's time for that to change then. Cause, and that is, I think I talked about it with, with somebody else. The, like an Enneagram is likely not to change. I don't remember what my number was. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I'm judging you right now for not remembering. Uh, Enneagram is so fascinating. All right. Look it up. I'm a, okay. What, what would you guess that I am? Uh, see, I'd have to, I'd have to think about this. Um, and I, I say that as though I know what any of the numbers yeah. means because I'm getting ready to save my number to you. And I can honestly say I have no idea what it means. Yeah, you're not a nine. You're not an eight. What are you? I'm a three. You're a three. A three is one I don't know a lot about. I'm looking this up right now and then I'll tell you everything about it. I don't know. I don't know what a three means. Well, we're going to talk about it. Oh, come on. I'm both fascinated by all these and like I'm always just like, yeah, whatever. So the, the Enneagram is one that is creepy how accurate it is. Because I always hate like horoscopes and they're like, oh, you're an Aries, you know. All right. So let's talk about it. The achiever, success oriented, pragmatic type, adaptable, excelling, driven and image conscious. Those words define you. Okay. They relate. (laughs) All right. So here's where it gets. This is where I find uh, a lot of the, the key motivations want to be affirmed to distinguish themselves from others, themselves from others, to have attention, to be admired and to impress others. Okay. Is this Aaron or is this yeah, Stephanie we're no, talking about? I, well, it's both. I'm just attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're being triggered. Maybe we should stop uh, this. Um, biggest fear, being worthless. Ooh. Uh, that that, right that push it, but yeah. Right well, that's mine. Too. Mine is of being insignificant. Yeah. And so that's, that's the four, which there is... Maybe you're like a three wing four then, because that's, but that's it's definitely like, to a thing. Me, but. Like I always think it's like, well, who doesn't want to be worthless? Who doesn't want to be insignificant? But then you think about like, there's people who like, they live and work on their farm their whole life and nobody knows yeah. who they are. And you know, their life meant, you know, nothing to that person's life. Yeah. But they're totally okay with that zero impact. Yeah. Just so, go in, check the box, you know, even in a corporate environment, you go in, you punch the clock and. And That's so, like, I, you know, I always just think where because doubting thing where it's like, well, who wouldn't, you know? Yeah. It's like people are like, you know, you're human, your horoscope. They're like, well, you're very frugal. And it's like, well, I did. I saved that dollar the other day. Whereas, but then you're yeah. just like, with things like that, I always think, well, like, who doesn't want to be work? Like, who'd want to be like that? And you're like, well, some people are very okay. Yeah. Worthless is a tough word. Insignificant is different because. There are people that want to fly under the radar right. and just like be an unknown. But worthless is definitely not something you would choose, I don't think. But it, you know, as it defines worthless is as like a fear. You made it, like, but it means nothing, like, in my opinion. All right, let's look at some of the advice for a for a three. Essential to be truthful, be honest with yourself and others about your genuine feelings and needs. I can see that. Develop charity and cooperation in your relationships. Take time to pause in a busy day to really connect with someone you care about. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. All right. We'll put that aside for right now. That's uh, This isn't therapy with Lance, although in many cases it might be. All right. So let's talk about this, this journey you're finding yourself on right now. As I ask you, who is Aaron? And you talk more about the things you're doing. So... F- Five words to define your identity you didn't want to answer. Uh, no, because it takes too much thought. <laughs> Fair enough. Why don't Why don't you want to answer it? What What's hard about what? Why does it take thought to answer? I it reminds me of like a job interview. Okay, <laughs> I get it. And then you're just like, <sighs> this is all about self exploration, I think. And it's so find the story. The and I this is something I'm realizing now, several episodes in, is find the story is. Giving people the opportunity to tell their stories, but then fi- finding the story among, among the stories. Right. Like um, I've actually gotten feedback about it is like, what is what's the moral of the story for any of these? And there isn't one because it's right. people's story. But it is interesting to kind of look at what have you learned about yourself from 20 year old to 30 year old to 40 year old, right. wherever you find yourself. So and especially someone who who comes in, maybe who doesn't, who's still kind of on the journey of figuring it out. Um, let's find the story. Um, I like, so one of my new year's resolutions, you shouldn't use new year's to do a new year. You should just always want to mm-hmm. work on being positive. And one of my things is to accept compliments from others okay. and not fight them. But I feel like this whole five words thing is like trying to like compliment yourself in a way. I mean, own I, it. I guess I could choose own it. Yeah, you could. Well. <laughs> yeah. You could talk about all the things you're not or um, yeah. that you, I don't, my thing right now in life that I'm definitely working on is like, it's a big, it's just procrastination. I, I can join the fight on that one for sure. Absolutely. Like, and now that I, you know, am, you know, laid off. So I'm just like, Oh, I have time. Okay. And then I'm like, yeah, but you still have deadlines. You have to meet. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely still have bills to pay. And, and those bills come with deadlines. Let's talk about the, the laid, laid off thing then. Cause that's something we haven't talked about on here. Tell me more about the the job, what you were doing, laid off, kind of what, how does that, how do you um, reflect on that? Yeah, Have so, you had an opportunity to reflect on it? Yeah. Um, I've seen it happen a couple of other times. I was doing jewelry, the jewelry operations for Saks Fifth Avenue, and I'd only been doing that for almost a year. Um, I had done various logistical roles, and I was a fashion merchandiser for the men's department at one point. Okay. Um, but I was with the company for almost eight years, minus the time that I quit and joined the circuit. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, I'd seen it happen other times. It's just yeah. corporate downsizing. They're well, with a company like a, a Saks, that's gonna you know they're fighting with the online world. Yep. And so, I mean, it sucked, but I get it. Yeah, it's a it's a healthy perspective to have. And so now you find yourself doing what? Nothing. <laughs> I love it. Other friends who have gone through layoffs and had like back in the the dot com era and stuff that I lived through, people would get ridiculous, you know, severance packages and yeah. stuff and then they just sit and eat cheese balls all day and cuz in at that time we were all, you know, early to mid 20s and you get laid off in a giant severance package yeah. to just sit around and do nothing. It's like I'm not vo- motivated to do anything. But I know that's not you. It, I mean, yeah, it's but it's tough. What do you think you'll do? I don't know. At this point, I honestly don't know. But at this point, I'm okay with not knowing yeah. because I gave myself a deadline. Take a little break, yeah. <laughs> What's your deadline then? How long do you have? Um, I have until next week is... 
And you don't like you're sitting here today. You don't know what it is, but next well, week no. it's magically going to come to you. No, next week is whenever I'm going to start thinking about. Oh, it. okay, okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. I want to clarify on that. It's yeah, I was like, like, good lord, you're not I even might, talking like, about it. At three a.m. and be like, I got it. Yeah. So you start thinking about it next week. So we yeah. we we don't need to talk about it right now. Um, let me let me change the question then. What are you passionate about? Uh, right now, it's drag. Okay. Like that's where. You How do you know, parlay that into a career? You don't. <laughs> um, well, unless you become a, right. you know, nationally recognized. Right. Basically. Go the Ru- RuPaul route or something. Right. And, you know. Um, I'm honestly just looking for a job that can support my just basic life. Yep. Yep. So that way I can stay more passionate about that. Okay. So how do you react to people who say, do what you love, love what you do? To an extent. I just think that sometimes you have to know what sacrifices you need to make in life yeah. for a bigger picture. This will be a hard question to answer then, but it's one of the standard questions. So I have to ask, Okay, where does, where do you see Aaron in five to 10 years then? I'm going to be really cheesy. Mm-hmm. I want to see him happy. <laughs> okay. And, and happy for Aaron right now is drag. Right. But it's not just drag. No. It's the, it's what drag gives you. Right. Which is an ability of self-expression that like, I just can't do all the time in life, you know? Yeah. So it's great to just have that couple of hours to be like, this is that. And it's done. (laughs) What is it about life that you can't, you can't get that out of the rest of life? Is it because of the physical manifestation in drag? You can't walk around as Stephanie all the time, or is there, is there something deeper in it than that? And I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Power to the women we, who do this all day, oh every yeah. day. And shame on the men that we make them do oh, that every geez. day. Preach. Um, you know, because you can ask any of us. We just complain the entire time about getting ready. I love the end result. Yep. But the work to get there. But that's life. Yeah, of course it is. You got to put the effort in. So Aaron in, in five to ten years is happy doing Hopefully. something that. Yeah. No, he is. He is. Not living at home. <laughs> okay. So let's let's hang out there for a second. Yeah. So Aaron is li- is currently living at home. Yeah, still living at home. Okay, since October. What was prior to October then? Um, I was with my roommate who had okay. a stroke. Oof. Yeah, and then she went to go live with her parents who lived in Vegas. Okay. And they actually owned the house that we were renting. Uh, so gotcha. She was gone, and they decided to sell the house. Okay. So how did you react to roommate having a stroke then? Tell like. Were you there when she um, started showing symptoms? And it was crazy. I had it was when I got back from my Disney trip, mm-hmm. and it was the next day. Like I'd flown in late that Friday, and it was a Saturday morning. And I mean, it was like first thing in the morning, and there was a knock on my like bedroom door, and I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sleeping. Because well, she said, uh, I need your help with something. So okay, I'm thinking like. You need me to like get something down or something like that. Yeah. Wait, I need tall Aaron. And then she's just like, I can't feel the left side of my body. Oh, no. Sleep. And I was like, "Um, okay, give me a minute. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Drove her to the hospital. How did how did that affect you? Um, If at all. I mean, it was definitely scary, but um, especially seeing her blood pressure. (laughs) Had you been roommates for long? Like, how close were you? Um, oh, we've known each other for over 10 okay. years. Yeah, yeah. And we'd only lived together for about two. So but pretty impactful then, yeah. at least just to see. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was crazy. Okay. So then October, you're living at home. So hopefully it's not five years from now you're not living at home. Hopefully it's a little sooner than that. God, no. 
I said I wanted to be out by my birthday, but again, a lot of my plans were contingent on working truth full time. Yep. But beginning of next week, you're going to figure out what's next yeah. and start. And I've already asked friends because I know I have a couple of friends that are moving and a couple of friends that are thinking about moving. Yes. Yeah. Especially with doing drag, it's just easier to be in the city because it's not fun finishing up a gig after midnight. Yeah. And having to a look like a boy again. Mm-hmm. Which takes time. Yeah. Not as much time. time. Yeah, time to put it on, time. Time, to, time to take it back off. And then you have to pack everything up to drive 45 minutes back home. Yeah, to Festus would be pretty rough. It's, it's tough. uh yeah. Okay, let's get into this then. Let's go to the 10 questions. What is your favorite word or phrase? Um family friendly. Uh lately it has been my response to if I don't like something. Yeah. Which is just no ma'am. And so, which is just a global response to everybody. And every like so many of my close friends have now just they just keep saying it. One of my best friends, we were at a play to see our other best friend, and something happened in the show and under her breath I hear her go no (laughs) ma'am and I was just like I've ruined these people (laughs) all right I can handle that I like it what uh what is your least favorite word or phrase Uh, I cannot stand when people call things retarded yes preach it is such a like hot button but shout out to one of my high school teachers Becky Hare, who um, I said retarded in class once, and uh, she went on this whole tangent about her special needs brother and this and that. Wow! And, like I mean, just really yeah, like yeah, yeah, for let sure. me have it, just yeah. first. And I was like, oh, okay. And then fast forward to when we're friends and adults, and I am reiterating this story to her, and she's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I go, "Excuse me." Oh no! And she goes. Oh yeah, she goes. That's just something I used to tell people because I hate yeah, people. Yeah, right, right. And I was like, uh, nice. You yeah. made me feel horrible for no reason. Although it affected you right. and is also creating empathy for the reason that that phrase right. is such a terrible thing to say when you equate something negative like, with that lie forever changed me. <laughs> oh, brother, that's pretty funny. But yeah. that I, the word's not funny, but that story is funny. Yeah. Which actually, I mean, going back to the like the your mom your your mom craze and the response would usually be like well my mom's dead well my mom is now and so that's hap we had a girl in school who left and then it was a way with zoning things work they finished another school okay that school opened because she had to move but then that district didn't have a high school so what's those kids that they made move now we're coming back to our school. But in the year that she was gone, we had another good classmate whose mom passed away. Okay. And yeah, she, your mom, Tim. Yeah. And we're all like, oh, Amber, no. Yeah. And that happened to me shortly after my mom passed too. somebody at work. I'm a normal human being. So I gave her a hard time about it because I could. Right. And it was a pretty funny moment to, to play off. Um, but and then poor David is like, oh, you know my mom passed everything and like typical high schoolers this is our freshman year of high school amber thought that he was just trying to keep the joke oh excellent amber we had an assembly about it it happened yeah 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 this is okay all right what trait do you admire most in others support tell me more my really good friend the one who was my neighbor tabby cat Mm -hmm. uh, said it best because i thanked her for always supporting me she responded with one of my new favorite things that support is free Ooh, i like that it costs nothing to support someone yeah 
So how how can how did she support you that caused you to say that for her? So I refer a lot of drag personas have their drag mothers. They come from these drag families okay. and you take parts of their names and it's this I don't there's things about this world I don't understand and I don't pretend to because I'm old. So Fair enough. <laughs> um, how, okay. I'm going to bookmark that. I'll come back to it. People say that, ask if Tabby's my drag mother. And I'm like, no, because there's no drag name and I don't consider it. But I do refer to her as my fairy drag mother. Oh, okay. <laughs> because nice. she pops yeah, in yeah. with a helpful tidbit yep. and then leaves. Okay. But I know she's always in my corner rooting for me just because she. it's the same way with me to her. She knows that she called me a day of for something and I need to show up to this gig and she knows if I can be there, I'm there. Yeah. So I would tangent back into that as you're talking about this drag world and things. And so how far into it do you think you're getting, you're going to get right now? Is, is this just a, is it a phase you're going through right now? Is this uh, something that? Oh, I, like I said, I wanted to run and I never thought I'd ever say this with drag, but I want to run for my first pageant this year. Okay. Excellent. Which it's tough, but. What trait do you most despise in others? When people are fake. What's a, uh, what talent would you most like to have? The ability to love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Am I editing that out or are we Joe leaving that in there? Yeah. That. You can leave that in yeah. there. Um, <clears throat> I kind of want to explore that for a second. but that's... <laughs> um, Honestly, I'm going to go real cheap and cheesy here. Okay. The ability to roll my tongue. <laughs> okay. I can't, that's that's I, fair. I, I don't get it. I, nope. You can't do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to. Okay. So the ability to love is what first came to mind. What do you mean? Oh, that's uh, just, it's, it was just a jokey, humorous thing. It's just a joke. Uh, okay. Humor is by far the defense mechanism. Got it. Um, and so. This is not something you, you are, is it an area you're, you're weak in or was it just a. No, I think that it's one that I'm too trusting in. And I completely okay. just like disregard red flags. Where is that like, receiving or or giving love? Is that all oh, the above? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And all the above. One of those, like one of my favorite shows is BoJack Horseman, and I definitely like to live a life with rose-colored glasses on. Like, I don't okay. care how bad the situation is, I like to try to see the positive. Yep. And when you live life through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. Interesting. <laughs> Got it. Okay, I like that. What profession would you least like to do? Oh my God, anything with math, which sucks because I'm good at math. Yeah. <laughs> Every aptitude test I ever took told me to go math related. But you hate it. I never studied for a single math test and it never dropped below an A. I, you could tell me a formula and it was just there. My, Interesting. Um, algebra two teacher made me stay after to give me random problems to show that I could do them without work because my argument was, why am I writing all this out? when i know it yeah okay when that is as i find myself now helping a 13 year old a an 11 year old they do math weird now you take and borrow and i don't know run iou i don't get it yeah and i have to i have to ask him i'm like i can teach you the way i know how to do it but i need to know how your teacher explained it to you because i know if i teach you the way i know it you're gonna get it wrong because well, it's, it's going right, to be the right answer. Yes. But, but they're going to be like, you didn't do this. Yeah. You got like, there the wrong way. But the answer, the answer is right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Means to an end. 
All right. I asked him out of order. What person, maybe this is very apropos to your journey that you'll be getting next week. What profession other than your own would you, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, triggered, uh, would you like to attempt? I don't know. Cause I've, like I said, in the past decade, I've gotten to do so many different things. There's been dabble in it. Like it's enough to know like, Oh my God, I couldn't imagine doing this. You know? Right. It's like, yes, it kills your dream of ever wanting to do that full time, but it's like, well, Hey, now I'm like, Nope, not for me. (laughs) So, and and this will be something, what you call me as you begin the journey. Cause I, I, I want to, because of all of those hobbies and interests, drag, theater, circus, any one of those could be a career. Right. Um, depending on your perception of success in those careers, um, you can be a great regional actor in, you know, regional theater and those types of things. Um, well, and what's great about each one of them is they give like a competitive edge for the other one. Yeah. 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 But I hear you more treating them as hobbies right. that you find a career to support them as hobbies. Right. right? Because to me also, like, I don't want to lose the love of it. And when you're doing it for work, like, that's one of the most dangerous things ever is it becoming work. This is your story, not mine. But that is, as we look at my wall of theology books and everything, that is the thing I fear about being a pastor going into church work is I don't I don't want it to become a job. Yeah, I I don't want the pastoral aspect of that to become a job. So, Felia, what is your greatest fear? We already talked about the Enneagram's greatest fear being worthless. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, greatest fear at one point in time was being alone. But now after getting a little taste of living alone and like, can I just get five minutes to myself? Fair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, with the Enneagram, like it was kind of eye opening of like to be worthless. Yeah. Because as we talked about, like worthless and insignificant are like two different things. Mm -hmm. Insignificant. Nobody ever saw you. Right. But with your worthless, like they know who you are. And it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I have a feeling we're gonna. You're maybe go read more into that before you just latch onto the word because that that scares me too. Of like just because that word does have a meaning, and if you just latch onto like my fear of being worthless, as you just defined, like yeah, that's a scary road yeah. to go down. To like to have that impact, like you know, people know who you are. Like it's the difference between being famous and being infamous. Yeah, like. true, true, true. All right. People know you, but is it a good thing? Who? I mean, really interested in your perspective on this, having grown up with a mother as a Catholic and a, a father who is uh, Jehovah's Witness. Who is God? In my in my own opinion, <laughs> God is just that little voice in your head telling you to do better. There, there's something you said before we started recording about the spiritual aspect of drag and what that's kind of doing for you. Yeah. How does how does it relate to the question of who is God? Um. Maybe start with what you mean by like the spiritual side of what you're finding in. Um, Well, it was just kind of a moment that made me realize that like I'm being looked out for and like I'm at the right place at the right time was because when I originally moved out, Mm -hmm. um, my father as like this decoration piece, like gifted me this band instrument set, Okay, but they were like all painted like neon colors and hung them on the wall and it was really fun. And, but over the past decade, like one like fell and broke. Another friend was like a trumpet player and like wanted the trumpet. I was like, great, take the trumpet. Like I like did not care about them at all. So there's one instrument that in the past decade, it has gone from house to house, apartment to apartment. Mm -hmm. I don't know why at all. And that instrument happened to be a neon pink trombone. Okay. That for some weird reason I've kept with me. 
So I, and I started doing the drag thing and I didn't think anything of it until I was going through all my things from moving into my parents' house and organizing. And I come to this trombone and like, it was a moment of I'm where I need to be. Like I have exactly what I need in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That thing that needed to tell me that came into my life seven years before I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, that's how I make this giant correlation with everything that's happened in my life which is as some sort of sign plan design maybe that you're sensing in this something showed up seven years ago and has meaning now seven years later yeah okay got that um if heaven exists what do you want god to tell you at the pearly gates (laughs) it can be hilarious whatever comes to mind ethel merman's on and gypsy tonight and the show starts in 10 love it that is so that's heaven to you that's is just getting heaven. to watch shows. Oh, yeah. All right. Final question. What advice would you give to 20 year old you? I th- and I thought about this one because this one stuck with me on my way here. And it's the same thing that I'm finding that I have to room like now that I know I tell it to myself daily mm-hmm. and I'll probably have to like delve more into it. But um, it's that no one cares. Literally no one cares. Everyone cares. Right. But everyone cares in the fact that they love you and they want the best for you. The things that you sit there and pick apart and mm-hmm. spend all those hours waking, you know, laying awake at night, like no one cares. That, that That's excellent advice. The things that, yeah, the things that keep us up at night, the thing we freak out about, things that we assume that other people see value in. Right. Doing drag has taught me that because like I will draw an eyebrows and be like, oh my God, I hate these. These are the worst things ever. And then no one cares. Nobody will say anything about it. True. Unless they're really bad. Right. But also nobody's sitting at the mirror this close. Like you are at home doing it and can see every little detail that you've done. All right. Any parting words? Okay. Because I know that we talked about how you did not want to make this a religious thing. Yes. And you can like keep this as a post-credit nope, thing. Let's do it. But um, I would just like to apologize because I'm sure that all the listeners at one point felt like you were in hell because you had to listen to my voice. But <laughs> you are not in hell. No. It's You're back now. That was just my voice for an extended period of time. Safe. And yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before you go, I need a favor. Will you share this episode with your friends and family? Tell them what you learned by listening to the story. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And most importantly, join the Find the Story community on Facebook. We've created a private Facebook group where you can ask questions, tell your own story, or even give feedback on our show. And if you feel so inclined, would you support us on Patreon.com to help us grow this community beyond our existing network? So thanks for listening, and thank you to M.F. Bolton for the soundtrack to find the story. I'm your host, Lance Leonard, and I'll see you next week.